Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. The king and his son are fighting in battle. And as they're fighting in battle, they're both struck down and killed. And so this, this nurse realizes that she's taking care of the king's grandson and that the king is dead and David is going to be the one to assume the throne. So she makes this choice to hide the grandson from David because she thinks David's going to kill him because David's going to want to kill off the line of Saul so that no other person can rise up and say, hey, I'm Saul's grandkid. I should be king. So she scoops him up and runs, and as she's running away, we don't know exactly how it happens, but somehow she falls and trips or something, and it makes this little kid, going from being a normal, playful little kid, to crippled in both feet. And so Maribel grows up completely crippled. And she takes him to a place of exile. She takes him to a place where they can stay hidden, where David will never find him. Flip with me over to chapter 9. In chapter 9, it says this. It says, and David said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? I just want to stop for a second. Because the part of the story we've missed out on here is, is in most stories of kings looking for descendants of other kings, it was like, hey, does anyone know if there's any descendants of Saul so I can hunt them down and kill them? I don't want them challenging me for the throne. But something happened between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. They had made a covenant with each other to protect each other. Jonathan recognized the gift of God in David. Jonathan recognized, hey, you know what? It's, it's not up to me to say, you know what? I deserve to be king because my dad's king. No, no, no who God's anointed to be king, should be king. So he makes a covenant with Saul. They actually trade clothing, which is not a good trade for the, a prince to make with a common soldier. They trade articles of clothing as a covenant saying, I'll serve you. I'm for you. And so we get to this passage that says, is there anyone left of the house of Saul, that Saul, the guy that was trying to kill David, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? He didn't even say of the house of Jonathan. It says, now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there still someone of the house of Saul that I may show kindness uh, the kindness of God to him. 
And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. I think this is interesting. He wasn't even looking for a son of Jonathan, just a son of Saul, but a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in a house of Masir, the son of Emiel, at Lodabar. Say Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Masir, the son of Emiel, to Lodabar. I want to I say that this place that they're living is, is supposed to be a place of pastures and where livestock can roam. But inside this place is the, is the region of Lodabar which is a rocky, desolate place that actually means no pasture. So he's actually hanging out, hiding in a desolate place, hiding for his life. This descendant of Saul, the son of Jonathan, is hiding in a desolate place because he's afraid that if David finds him, he's going to be put to death. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, David said, your shame is broken. I'm of the belief that it's David who changed this man's name. It's David who said, you know what, you're not Mary Bell anymore. Let's give you a manlier name. I can't prove that from Scripture, but I'm just going to believe it. He said, Mephibosheth, the shame is broken. And he answered, Behold, I'm your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you will eat at my table always and he paid homage and said what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as i and then then he calls in ziba and he says he he like ignores him he said he calls in ziba and he says okay give him everything that was saul's and saul was rich right he's give him everything that was saul's but you're not going to need it mephibosheth and the reason you're not going to need it is because you're going to eat at my table So you can do whatever you want with all that wealth, but I'm going to take care of you. But you can also have everything. But but what had Mephibosheth done to deserve any of it? What he had done to deserve even one thing of it? Nothing. Nothing. He He had hid out in a desolate place, afraid of the king. And because a covenant that David had made with his father, he said, you know what? You get to come and you get to live like a king, even though you've never done anything. And if you want to see where this covenant was made, we're not going to go there today for the sake of time and warmth. But 1 Samuel chapter 20 is where you would find that. I encourage you, go today. It's verses 12 through 17. Go read that today and read about this covenant that Jonathan and David made. I'll read one line. It says, Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord require it at the hands of David's enemies. Jonathan made David, uh, David a vow because of his love for him, because he loved him as he loved his own life. 
Can I tell you something this morning? This is the way our covenant works with Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Mephibosheth. We are Mary Bell. And we hide in desolate places because we're afraid if God actually ever finds us, he's going to destroy us because we know what we've done. We know who we are. We know our sin. We know our weakness. And so let's stay away from the Lord. Let's stay away from his people. Let's do whatever we can to build walls so that people can't get close because if anyone actually ever finds out who we really are, they'll push us away from the kingdom of God. They'll push us away from our church. They'll push us away from relationship. And, and guys, anytime you do something that just pushes people away, that's, boy, isn't it tempting, though? Just to be like, I'm just done with you. Right? I'm just done with you. You... Oh my goodness, there's so much work to be friends with you. I'm just done with you. You've had that thought before. Some of you thinking about your kids, and you're just like, dang it. You go in the room, and you breathe, and you come back out, and you give them a hug, right? Anytime you have that whole, I'm just done with you attitude, that's not from the Lord. Anytime you try to push people away, that is not the Lord. Now, I'm not saying there's not sometimes you need to forgive people and build boundaries. That, that's a thing, right? But you need to really check your heart. Are you building boundaries because you think the Lord needs you to, or are you doing it because you're just dumb with them? Darn it. I'm standing here, and the Lord just brings two people up in my own mind. I'm like, darn it. Just leave me alone. I'll deal with it after church, Lord. It's not fair. I'm supposed to have this stuff taken care of before I get into the pulpit. Um, anyway, go with me to Galatians chapter 3. We're going we're gonna to get into the New Testament too today. How many know God is faithful? Will you come up and share that word as much or as little as you want? I want you to just share. You can go to Galatians 3 while he's. So I was telling Drew this morning, like, I heard just in the hey, how are you conversations of this morning, I, I heard stories that did, I mean, they were awesome stories, but then the Lord just wrecks me with the his faithfulness before you even knew it kind of thing so you're telling me an awesome story of your great great grandpa like the lord's like he saw you sitting here today when your great great grandfather was stowed away in a ship coming to america what does that say about the faithfulness of the lord right when he brought to mind for me when i was living in my cousin's basement because i had nowhere else to go he saw me here today and here today is completely restored from everything that i'd lost it's his faithfulness when we don't even know it and here's the thing that hit me after we talked to you 
He's being faithful today for things that you can't see yet. Like his faithfulness is that good and that far ahead of where we are. Does that make sense? And as he, he was saying that, I'm thinking about this whole thing of like, like here we are hiding, hiding in the desolate places, like hiding away, because and we think this is this is what God has for me, right? Sometimes it's so easy just to look where we are today that we're in the basement or we're in. That's a crazy story, by the way. That I did not know that. That's that's great. Like we're hiding away, like like. Life is hard, and we think, this is it. This is what God has for me. And God's like, no, 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 no. Listen, you're a son. You're a daughter of the king of kings. He wants to call you into greatness. It's like we were talking about last week with the, with the prodigal son, right? It, it's like, while you're still a long ways off, God is searching for you, and he's waiting for you to come home. Not just so he can put you back to work and make you a servant, but because he wants to completely restore you this is so much the prodigal son right here in second samuel like the king wants to restore to you what belongs to you yeah galatians chapter three verse 15 it says this it says to give a human example brothers even with a man-made covenant no one annuls it or adds to it once it's been ratified. Now, the, promise, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterwards, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Here's, here's what that says. That says a lot right there. But listen to this. Here's Jesus. He's talking to the people of his day, right? He's just chit-chatting with the religious leaders. And he talks to them and says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That's what Jesus said. It's all about Jesus, right? I know we've been talking about Abraham and Mephibosheth and all these people. It's about Jesus. And Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, he said, listen, the, your forefathers, Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day. And they're like, how could Abraham see your day? You're not even 50 years old. He lived 1,800 years ago. And he said this, he just, you know what? Before Abraham was, I am. And that's like he's throwing a shot because here's the deal. The name I am in the Old Testament, that's the name of God. And it says it angered them so much, they picked up rocks because they wanted to kill him. And he snuck out of there, right? Because it wasn't time yet. Like, like Jesus is saying, I knew Abraham. Like Abraham saw me. He saw my day. And if you go back into the Old Testament, there's this time. We, we just read this in Galatians about, about God making a promise with Abraham. But if you go back and look at it, God doesn't actually make the promise with Abraham, the covenant with Abraham, he actually makes it with himself. If you go back and look, what happens is, is he says, hey, Abraham, I want to make a covenant with you. And Abraham says, okay. He goes, well, why don't you get 
get some animals and cut them in half. And, and this is the way they would do covenants in the old times. Now we just sign paper and say, yeah, I promise to do it. And if we don't, then, you know, we go to jail and stuff. But back then, they'd get some animals, cut them in half, lay them out, and they would, two parties would walk between them. And basically they were saying is, look, if I don't uphold my end of the covenant, you can do to me what we did to these animals. That, that's an ancient times covenant back then. You don't break your promises. Abraham says, yeah, God, I want to make a covenant with you. And this is what God says. He says, okay. And then he puts Abraham in a deep sleep. And while he's snoozing, and while he's snoozing, it says that there's this smoking furnace and this burning lamp that walks through the animals. That's crazy. What's happening, that's a symbol of God. He's making the covenant, but he's actually making it with himself. And, and listen, if I would highly recommend you do this. There's a lot of covenants through the Bible, but probably the most important covenant in the Word of God is the Abrahamic covenant. Like, go home and do some research on it. I don't have time to get into it this morning. But what happens is, is God is actually making the covenant with himself for Abraham's sake. And not just for Abraham's sake, but for our sake, because he says, I'm making the promise with Abraham and his offspring, with his seed. And who is that offspring? It's Jesus. It's for Jesus. So the covenant is, is made and kept through covenant, not with Abraham, because we know Abraham was messed up. Like Abraham was like, no, she's not my wife. Uh, she's my sister. You can totally have her. Like that's messed up. He did it twice, which is messed up. Abraham is messed up. That's why God was like, I'm not going to make this covenant with you because you're messed up. Now, the Mosaic covenant, fast forward, he actually made that promise covenant with them. So every time they messed up, that's why they kept getting drug into exile, right? He goes, but this one's far too important for me to actually make with you people who you, you're jacked up. I'm going to make it with myself, and I'm going to keep it with myself, and it's for your sake, So here's what's so cool. If you read this passage in 2 Samuel, it actually says that when David decides, he says, you know what? I'm going to show kindness to this guy for Jonathan's sake because a covenant I made with somebody else completely. He actually sends some men to go get him and bring him back to the palace. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You've been hiding out your whole life crippled. I mean, how did you get crippled? You get, you got crippled running from this king. You know this story. I got this way because we were afraid he's going to kill me. And now I've been hiding here. And one day the king's men show up at your door. What's going through your mind? This is it. It's over. They found me. You're needed in the palace. Maybe they told them what was happening. Maybe they didn't. The whole way to the palace. What's happening? What's going to happen to me? This is it. This is the end. And then you show up. And he, he grovels. He calls himself a dog. He gets down on his face. He does all the right things. He doesn't realize it doesn't matter. He could have walked in there. Well, 
walked in there. But he could have came in there, and he could have been like, hey, you owe me a bunch of land. I believe David would have been like, yeah, I do. I'm going to give you everything that belongs to your dad. Because he had already made, like, it didn't matter the way he came in. He said, I'm unworthy. And he was completely right. You are unworthy. But I'm going to give you everything that's yours because of the covenant I made with Jonathan. And I'm going to give you a new name. And that name is this. Your shame is broken. Your shame is broken. Worship team, come on up here. It's hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to believe that it doesn't matter what we do. That was the wrong, that was the wrong track, which just fits the entire morning. Um, just, yeah, I just, I can't rap at all, but man, we could have, we would have gone viral, guys. Me trying to rap, people have been like, oh my goodness. They definitely don't have the spirit in that church. Um, like we, it's hard for us to believe that it doesn't matter what we do. God loves us. It's hard. It's hard growing up. Like, like for me, growing up a good church kid, like I have to do all the right things so God will like me. I'm going to tell you something. He likes you. He's chosen you. He's your father. He's made a covenant, and I had nothing to do with what you do. Well, don't, don't we need to bear good fruit? Yeah, absolutely. But, but that's, that's fruit out of gratitude for his covenant of what he's done. Here's the reality. Jesus died on the cross to take away our sin and our shame. He made the covenant that day. That day. He took away our guilt. So we're down declared not guilty. And he also restored the environment of the relationship. He could have been like, I'm so done with you. You keep screwing up. I'm so done with you. Right? But he didn't. He said, you know what? I'm going to love you and it's going to kill me. But here's what's so amazing about this awesome grace of God is that three days later, he raises from the dead, proving himself to be God, proving himself to be victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and proving himself to be victorious over your shame. Like, we spent the last four or five weeks talking about this is because if we can get this in us, about who we are in Christ for real that there really is there really is no shame we really are shameless it had nothing to do with us then we can start acting that way towards each other right it's not about what you do or don't do for me I'm gonna show you the undeserved 
love of God because I'm called to imitate Christ. And yeah, you deserve me to hold you out at arm's length. You do. Because of the stuff you've done to me. That's what we say, right? But the grace of God says, I'm going to run after you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to lean into me, to have relationship with me. It has nothing to do with your performance, good or bad. And we'll deal with some of the good and bad stuff. You guys know it, we shouldn't live in sin. That's truth. That's not the sermon for today. The sermon for today is the God of the universe has made a covenant. And all you have to do is say yes to what Jesus has done. And then when you stand before God on that day, it's not, hey, didn't we do all these great things? No, it's didn't Jesus do a work for me? Yeah, it was all Jesus. It was Jesus the entire time. Can I tell you something? Anything that's good in me is because of Jesus. Anything that's good in you, is, it's because of Jesus. All the other crap where I mess up, and guys, I mess up, right? That's Drew. That's the enemy working in Drew. But every day, every day we become more like Christ. Every day we seek to restore those relationships. Will you stand with me? Ladies and gentlemen, the, the message of the gospel is too good to be true. It's too good to be true. But it is. We just close your eyes for a second. I want you to think about this. The covenant has already been fulfilled. The promise has already been fulfilled. Stop working at it. Stop striving. It is God who is faithful. It is God that gives you a hope and a future. And let me tell you this too. There's an inheritance with your name on it. That's what Wes was saying. There's something that you haven't even seen yet. A place he wants to bring you. There's an inheritance with your name on it. As he breaks the shame off of you. This morning, I want to invite you. If you say, I, I, need, to, I need to talk to the Lord, I'll invite you. These altars are open. You can come. You can pray. You can do business with the Lord this morning. He wants to break the shame off of you. And then he wants to use you to break the shame off of other people. He wants you to be an ambassador for his amazing grace that saved a wretch like you and me. I'll pray. Father God, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name. God, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, this morning, Lord, we declare that the shame is broken. 
This morning, we declare that the heart of the Father for his sons and his daughters be revealed to the people of God. Lord, some of us have messed up in such such terrible ways. God, some of us have, have done things, Lord, that we're we're completely ashamed. We're, we're crippled. We're hiding in desolate places, Father God. But you, the good Father, is calling us home. God, I pray, Lord, for a change in identity this morning, a change in names this morning. God, that you would declare to us, Father God, that the shame is broken. We do not have to hide anymore. Lord, that we eat at the King's table. God, awaken our hearts to who we really are. Awaken our hearts to our inheritance and our destiny in you. Lord, let there be a change. Lord, God, let this church be known as a church who restores people to who they are in Christ. Let this church be known as a church Lord, that brings life to relationships. Lord, that wastes our energy on those that other people have written off as unlovable. God, let us be that church this morning. Just talk to the Lord. If you're at your seat, just begin to talk to the Lord. We all have things that we need to deal with.
swept away by his love, by his love. God is good. He's good. And he wants to break every bit of shame off of your life. It's, it's a lot of fun. Some of you have had the, the pleasure of doing this. When someone comes to you and their heart's just broken and heavy, and you get to bring their heart to the Word of God and bring freedom to the life, right? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. You get to break that shame off of them and remind them that they're a child of God. And some of you are going to get to do that this week. Even if you don't fully have an understanding, even if you're still kind of dealing with some of the junk yourself, you can still bring freedom to other people's life in that area. Break the shame off some people this week. Bring life to them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.